Hello and welcome. This is Self-Control, How to Build a Better Life, the podcast that will inspire you to take control of your mind and your mindset to go forward and build the life that you want to live, the life that you deserve to live. Today's episode, if you have trouble focusing in the pursuit of your projects and your goals, if you lack clarity on the direction that your life should be going, and if you are quick to judge, maybe you make snap decisions that you later regret, if you often say or live good enough when you'd rather be great, I'll unroll a three-step plan and a very simple solution to start improving your focus, developing clarity, doing away with poor decision-making. So let's go. Now, first and foremost, we'll need to understand that this is a process. It will take time. It will take patience. It will take control. It'll take grit. You know, it'll take fortitude. But this, I believe, is a tool in the toolkit that you can use to improve the quality of your life. Today's episode is a challenge to you, and it's the same challenge that I'm giving myself. Are you ready? Now, we often hear the saying, permission to feel your feelings, with the understanding being that we need to feel it to heal it. We need to address the sadness, the anger, the bitterness in our life. We need to find the roots of it, the trauma, the abuse, the mistakes we've made the trespasses against us. Using our pain as a guide, we can heal through time and wisdom and the pursuit of self-knowledge. Well, the same can be said for our thoughts. If you're not sure what your purpose is, if you're not sure where you're supposed to be, and if snapped judgments have led you astray, if you're often assigning negative labels to yourself and others, the answer, the way up out of this, the beginning of that better life lies within you. This three-step process goes as follows. We first must become aware of our thoughts. And we can become aware through a process called mind watching. I'll discuss that shortly. The second step then, once we've become aware of those thoughts, is to interrogate those thoughts. To not let them come waltzing into our mind unchecked. Interrogate them. Where do they come from? What do they really mean? And the third step, quite simply, is to put this into practice daily. So, If you're ready for a simple three-step process to improve focus, improve the clarity on the direction of your life, maybe even find your purpose someday, and to do away with negative judgments, labeling of others, and to go from good enough to great, keep listening and I'll unroll that three-step process right now. So as I said, the first part of this process is awareness. Now, obviously, if any of the difficulties that I've mentioned to this point resonate with you, Um, then I think you probably have some degree of awareness already. So let's let this episode uh, be a continuation of that for you, a full awakening to awareness. And I suppose that when I took some time off last summer, uh, I developed an awareness of some of these issues in my own mind and and was lucky enough to have the time to to write them out and to pursue them. And that's what a lot lot of what is coming forth in the podcast now. I'm still not sure how somebody goes from you know, zero to one in terms of not being aware to becoming aware. But you, I think you're, you're, you're far enough along now that you're aware that there's some difficulties in your life. Things could be better. And you're looking for that, that way forward. And I believe that I've stumbled on something. It's working for me. I believe it'll work for you as well. So awareness, you know, a friend of mine said to me the other day, people have to want to become aware. So let's say you're one of those people. You want to become more aware of what's going on in your mind and in your life and why things aren't always working out in your favor. And of course, they they won't always, but you're looking for that reason. You're looking for that beginning 
You're looking for that step towards a better life. And I believe our thoughts, the thoughts that reach our consciousness, you know, to the point where we are now aware of having these thoughts, they, they must have long roots down into the subconscious. And I, I'm not a psychologist. I, I'm not a therapist. I don't have a great understanding of that. So I've got a, a long, long passage about the subconscious that I wrote that I then crossed out. Let me keep it personal. Let me, let me level with you as simply as I can. A thought that enters my conscious mind, there's probably a lot more to it than that. And so for me and for you now, let's practice awareness as often as we can. What thoughts are coming into my mind? And of course, apparently we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day, many of them repetitive. So I don't think anyone can expect us to scrutinize every single thought that comes and goes through our mind. We simply can't do it. But let's ask ourselves, what thoughts are coming into my mind and do I need to act on them? And the answer is, you probably don't need to act on those thoughts. Then ask yourself, is this thought aggravating me to the point where I'm having an emotional response? And if the answer there is yes, you know, if you're going through your day thinking, ah, oh, I got so much to do, I don't even know where to start. Ah, oh, maybe I won't even start. Oh, I'm so lazy. Oh man, what is the matter with me? There's an invitation then to scrutinize that thought, right? But first of all, that's the awareness piece. That is that becoming aware where instead of simply living in autopilot, thinking, ah, I can't get started, I'm lazy, we can take that step back and say, I'm thinking myself into misery. I'm thinking myself into this emotional response, right? This thought has entered my mind. I now feel like I've got so much to do. I'm behind. I'm lazy. And I'm starting to pile on. Okay. And again, as a guest on my show recently said, this was Luke Bouchard. He said, the trick in the moment there is to go hold the phone. It's just a thought. The trick though, the trick really is to be able to stop yourself in the moment. And this will come through practice and say, look, I am thinking myself into misery. You know, and Luke gave a great example in our conversation. I'll paraphrase it quickly. He he damaged his car. He, he himself drove it into a curb. And so there's damage to the car. And now he's beginning to catastrophize. Oh man, where am I going to get, you know, five, six, seven thousand $7,000 to fix this thing? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go into some kind of debt. I'm going to be financially unstable. I'm not going to be able to uh, provide for my, my family, for my children who he, he co-parents with his ex-wife, right? So there's a there's an element of shame and responsibility or missed responsibility. He began to lose his center, right? He thought himself into a miserable state over money and over something that hadn't fully come to fruition, right? He got the bill. He had to do something about it. But in the meantime, could he borrow a friend's car? You know, are there ways around this? It was when he chose to recenter himself, to sit down and say, I don't want to lose my mind over this, that the solutions began to show themselves. And in fact, what happened is that the insurance company paid for it. But he didn't even think to ask the insurance company until calling himself down, later on speaking with a friend who suggested, why don't you ask the insurance company? So this is a great example, right, of where we can think ourselves into misery, we can think ourselves into an emotional response where we feel that you know, the world is coming down on us. But instead, if we can, in that moment, identify that I'm having a negative emotional response to a thought, stop, recenter, and begin to search for solutions. And of course, it's easier said than done, but it does come through practice. This technique 
again, this was introduced to me also by Luke, is called mind watching. And it's the beginning or it's the process of, of actively becoming aware. So there's the challenge to you and to me to continue this. What thoughts are coming into my mind? Do I need to act on them? Probably not. And most importantly, is this thought aggravating me to the point where I'm having an emotional response? And there's your invitation then to look at what that thought is. Look where it's coming from. Let's move on now to step two. Because it's simply not enough to become aware, is it? I believe the next step after that awareness is to confront those thoughts, to think them through. Now, just as I said, we need to feel our feelings to heal them. We need to find the origins of our thoughts as best we can. And what I'm hoping for you and what I believe is the case for me is that thoroughness of thought will lead to a better life. So why don't I give you a couple quick examples then on this idea of interrogating or examining our thoughts. You know, it's not uncommon to have the thought that I need to quit, you know, you name that destructive behavior or substance that you like to indulge in. You know, I need to quit smoking marijuana. I need to quit drinking. I need to quit junk food. So likely what happened there is that some element, some thought about shame or guilt has entered our consciousness, right? Right. But to really stick to that idea of, of quitting, you know, if you, if you do believe that you need to quit something, the shame and the guilt is not enough to keep you on that path. So it's right then is a great example or a great opportunity to examine that thought. Well, why was I ashamed? Right? Was I, did I say something stupid while I was under the influence? Did one of my kids see porn on the computer because I forgot to clear the history perhaps? How is this behavior, how is this substance hurting me? How is it preventing me from getting where I want to be? And if you're someone who is interested in going from good enough to great, you know, if, if those difficulties that I mentioned earlier, poor focus, poor decision-making, snap decision-making, you know, a lack of clarity on where you're going, if that resonates with you, then you, you have the awareness already. This is a call now to improve that awareness and to say, okay, I'm aware that this needs to change, but why do I need to change? Examining your thoughts this way leads to a set of values. It, it, it exposes to you what is truly important to you, right? Like I've told this story before, but when I was under the influence of marijuana and, and got myself into an unsafe situation while I was hiking, I realized, look, my life my livelihood, my physical safety, my physical well-being, my, my ability to one day be a responsible, upstanding father is more important to me than getting high and screwing around down in the river valley. So I discovered a value in myself that I didn't necessarily know I had at the time. And so this is what I'm hoping for you. If you've identified the need to quit some destructive behavior or substance or bad habit, Fully examine that thought and you'll find what it is that you value. What is more important to you than that thing? You build that, that bedrock, right? That, that moral or ethic, ethical bedrock from which to stand on. And that, that right there is where the focus will come for you because it's a lot easier to take on these massive challenges, such as quitting something, 
right? Beating an addiction, beating a bad habit. If you can focus on that, that focus comes a lot easier when you know exactly why, when you know what's at stake, when you know what's important. Being ashamed of being caught or being ashamed of being known as someone who does that is not enough. Fully examining why you started something and why you need to stop doing it will expose to you the values that you that you live for, what you stand on, and it'll give you that strength to go forward and hopefully make that change. Another example might be imposing limiting beliefs on yourself, right? I'm a procrastinator. I'm always late. I can't achieve X, Y, Z. I'll never get that degree. I'll never get that job. I'll, I'll never have that sexual partner. I'll never be able to start my own business. You know, I'll never make my parents proud, right? There's millions of those labels that we put on ourselves every day. Or perhaps you, we, we label another person, right? Ah, that's, he's just some, some stupid liberal, or he's just some asshole conservative, or they don't have what it takes to make it in life. They, they could never, they could never do what I do or, or see what I see. That's a disservice to yourself and to your worldview, right? Because instead of seeking to understand that person, right? Instead of seeking to understand, as the saying goes, seek first to understand. Instead of seeing them as an individual, you know, understanding them, maybe even helping them learn if possible, right? Getting to know them or, or to call yourself these things, to resign yourself to failure, to resign yourself to improvement, to not improvement, I should say. You can improve and you can have meaningful relationships, right? So it's like, no wonder you're not striving for better or no wonder you're not getting where you want to be right? <laughs> no wonder you can't have these meaningful relationships or, or maybe you find uh, a distrust in people or a dislike for people because you've labeled yourself and everyone around you as a one-dimensional thing. That first thought that popped into your head about a person, you've applied that to them and now that's what they are, right? Or you've, you've decided to label yourself a procrastinator. You've just given yourself this, this label to wear. It's like, what good is that? Why not? Why not? Challenge yourself to examine, why do I procrastinate? Why do I keep putting things off, right? Or that so-called stupid liberal neighbor of yours, why not Why not talk to them? Why not try and understand why somebody might feel the way they do about certain social issues? You don't have to agree with them, but I, I think it goes back to this idea of developing a bedrock, right? Uh, something for yourself to stand on, the values. What is it that's important to you? And I don't believe that seeing people or seeing yourself as a one-dimensional thing, as, as labeling people with words, you know, harshly, that is, that is no way, that is no way for you to build a better life. That is no way for you to truly understand yourself, right? If you refuse to understand why you think things, you will never understand yourself, frankly. And it is in that depth and, and breadth of self-understanding that we can find the tools to build a better life. And Labeling myself as a procrastinator, someone who's always late, someone who will never have this, that, or the other thing. Labeling my neighbor as an idiot. It, it does nothing for me as far as understanding myself. Why do I think those things? Like, look, your neighbor may be an idiot, but maybe take five minutes to think about why you think that. And you, you'll, what you'll probably find is that on some level, you think of yourself as an idiot and there's something on your end that you can remedy. So the third step then in this process, very simply, is to put it into practice in real life. So maybe I'll give you one more example. As a freelancer, I work for a number of different organizations. And this spring, one of those organizations is gearing up for the summer and fall season, and they're reaching out to me to see how available am I. 
And my plan is to basically be less available than I have been in, in, in past years. Okay, so I feel a certain sense of guilt about that. It was the guilt that first sort of crept into my consciousness. I'm like, ah, I know I got to get around to, to letting that guy know that I'm not going to be as available uh, as I have been. And he, I know that he counts on me. I know that he's someone, I'm someone that he looks to to get the job done. He told me as much, and that means a lot. But again, the guilt and the sort of sinking, squirming feeling in the pit of my stomach about having to do this is what first became, um, what I first became conscious of. So, you know, the old me, let's say, might have probably just sat there and wallowed in the fact that I was now this dishonorable, you know, disloyal, unloyal uh, guy who was putting off his responsibilities. But I decided to challenge myself on this one and think, well, let's go a little further. And the first thought that came to mind is like, yes, this is this organization that wants to hire me. Uh, it's run by a guy who, you know, really he was instrumental in giving me the start uh, in my career. Okay. So I can understand then why there's an emotional attachment here, why I'm having an emotional response, because it's a, it's a personal thing, right? So this guy hired me 10 years ago and he still wants to keep working with me but I have to let him know that things have changed. Okay, so let's also remember that this is a business arrangement. This is not my dad. This is not my grandfather. This is just a guy who has always hired me to do work. And yes, there's more to business than that, but let's be quite frank. It's a business. Things change. It's about the money. He can find someone to do the work. Now, secondly, as I probed this thought, I found, well, obviously loyalty is an important value to me. I expect people to be loyal to me over time if we've worked together and become friends. And so I expect that of myself to be loyal to those who have been there for me, who have provided me with gainful employment. And what I started realizing was, well, the reason I'm, the reason that I'm, uh, reducing my hours with the one organization is because another organization I work for has begun to ask more of me. And as those two sort of work seasons overlap, I'm making myself more available to the other one and not so much this one that I'm talking about. And I'm, I realize I'm being vague here, but that's just to sort of keep things from being too personal. But again, so I've chosen to be loyal to one place and doing my best to be loyal and at least upfront with another. So again, it's now given me that, that focus going forward is like, well, how do I, how do I operate in the world? Well, loyalty is a, an important value to me and it can help me make decisions in the future. Right now, the third part of this, I guess, was I haven't gotten around to sending that email to let him know about the change in my scheduling. So procrastination was definitely a source of the guilt, but again, I'm choosing not to wallow in it, but I'm saying procrastination is not something I like in myself. It's not something I like in other people. And this is an invitation to stop that. And as soon as possible, get around to having that conversation. So what occurred to me here and what I would like to share with you is that there's no need to sit around feeling guilty and dishonorable, for instance, if you are willing to do the mental work of probing these thoughts that you're having. It's like, I feel guilty. I feel dishonorable. I kind of feel like an asshole. Well, why? 
And what you'll find, I think, is that a lot of freedom and a lot of empowerment comes from fully understanding your situation, right? It's quite easy just to say, ah, well, I'm an asshole. I'm going to just feel bad about that for a bit and then move on. And then maybe it'll be kind of awkward if I ever see this guy around. But it's like, no. I'm not going to feel guilty. I'm not going to feel dishonorable. I'm going to let him know exactly what's going on. I'm going to be there for him as much as I can. I'm also giving my time to another organization who I know appreciates it. And I've learned a little something about myself along the way. Loyalty is important. And I really need to work on that procrastination. What I think comes from this exercise Putting this awareness and putting this interrogation of thought into practice is that you do not need to rush to judge yourself. The world will judge, 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 judge. The world will place labels on you, which of course you should refuse, but other people will judge you. Other people will label you. You do not need to take part in that process of judging yourself. You have the freedom and the ability to understand yourself so deeply that you never need to feel Well, I mean, as radical as this may sound, you never need to feel bad about your actions if you are willing to do the work to fully understand yourself. Now, of course, we'll still all make mistakes. As the saying goes, we can translate those mistakes into learning opportunities and we don't need to saddle ourselves with guilt and we don't need to be unaware of who we are, unsure of what to do if we're taking the time to fully understand our thoughts. So let me simply say, Do not rush to judge yourself. So there you have it. A simple three-step process to improve your focus, improve clarity on how to go forward in your life, and to improve your decision-making skills. And it's it's just that. It's quite simply that. Practice awareness. Practice that mind-watching. Ask yourself, what am I thinking in this moment? And if that thought is becoming so big in your mind that you're having an emotional reaction to it, there's your opportunity to challenge it, to interrogate it, to find where it's coming from, and to thereby learn about yourself in the process. And then quite simply, putting this into practice in real life is the third step. It's as easy as that. Becoming aware of what you're thinking, challenging that thought to show itself fully, and doing that day in and day out, and living that better life and coming to know yourself in the process. You know, to me, this is truly a call to self-control, to do battle, with any marauding thought that waltzes into your consciousness. Don't let some thought come into your mind unchecked. It's your mind, right? You get to choose. So if you're looking for a purpose, how about that? Self-control, that's my purpose. Controlling what I think, combating negative thoughts and coming to know myself. Thank you for listening. Please get in touch with me on Facebook. I'll post a link in the show notes. Let's have a conversation about self-control, about mindset, about mental health. Thank you to those who have been reaching out. And until I speak with you again, please remember that better is possible.